Uh, good Thursday afternoon, everybody. Welcome into Mining Stock Daily. We have a corporate introduction to a new company and a new guest uh, we have never uh, had onto the show before. So this we're going to jump right into it. It's a very interesting story. Gold 50, they have a number of projects in Nevada and Arizona. However, they are an ASX-listed company, Australian-grown. So it's an interesting position. Happy to welcome in Managing Director, Mr. Mark Wallace. Mark, good morning to you, sir. Uh, and good afternoon to you, sir. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. So uh, this was an interesting kind of story that uh, that I was introduced to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I guess I got we got to just cut right to the chase. An Australian ASX listed company, predominantly with a number of assets in the United States. How did this come to be? Uh, it's actually really simple. So one of the founders of Gold50 and a, one of our non-exec directors, a gentleman named Bernard Rowe, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the lithium project in Nevada, um, Rye Light Ridge. And so uh, Bernard is actually the founder and basically the company builder of Ioneer, uh, ASX listed, and they are developing the Rye Light Ridge lithium boron project. And so Bernard has been operating in Nevada and North America for the better part of two decades. Um, and uh, spent some time in Africa as well. And so he, uh, he has been shown lots of projects in his time and operating through this part of the world. And uh, in the last three to five years, Ionia has taken up most of his time. But every, uh, every now and then, some really interesting projects come along that he likes to sort of just park and think about. And uh, the bulk of the projects inside Gold 50 came about that way. Um, you know, I think the really important part here also is uh, the two gentlemen we have operating our projects in the two states. And without them, they become sort of the core part of the team of operating. So from Australia, time zones, travel restrictions and so on are pretty difficult. But um, Wade Johnston operating our Nevada projects, Danny Sims in, in Arizona, makes life a lot easier, that's for sure. So um, I, look, I've, I've been in sort of global mining and energy, corporate finance and finance land for the last two decades, working for Canadian banks and boutiques. And uh, I met Bernard that way about a decade ago. So love the way he thinks uh, outside the box. Um, I think there's a, there's a difference that some the ingenuity of Aussie geologists bring to looking at new parts of the world. And that's more by, um, that's necessity than anything else. So Australia's pretty well picked over. And so we have to think about things a bit differently. So um, Bernard saw these properties, really liked them. And, uh, and then that's all the rest is history. What are the, I'm sure they're just abundant of challenges, but also um, positive things being an ASX listed North mm-hmm. American focused company. What would those be? Um, I, the the Australian investor base is quite risk seeking and providing capital to, to junior explorers is uh, something they're very familiar with either by commodity or by geography. So um, the ASX is a great funding source. Um, there's a higher probably level of, of knowledge base ready for risk capital to be allocated. And so uh, for, for North America, the jurisdiction's great and a great appeal for me. I've operated all around the world. And in uh, this day and age, I think property ownership and rights is up there with probably some of the most significant issues anyone has to deal with. So, um, But the Aussie investor base, I think, is a bit more risk-seeking than, than most. So um, they're happy to give us the time and the money to follow good people with good process. Um, and guys like Bernard who have had the success with Ionia, 
uh, our chairman Rob Reynolds has been doing it for sort of three or four decades as well in gold companies around the world. So it's um yeah it's the the challenge is probably more is just time, mm-hmm. and then not being able to sort of travel in the current environment. We see that changing pretty soon. And we've negated that by having really high quality individuals operate in country for us. So um, matching the risk-seeking capital of Australia with sort of the ingenuity know-how for people and the projects in North America. And it's um, it hasn't been as difficult as I would have thought so far. Yeah. That's good. The uh, copper molybdenum porphyry deposit known as Golconda is really the flagship project within the portfolio. Is that really the North American kind of hub and center for gold 50 uh yeah absolutely only because there's more understanding of gold conda um so and it's probably it's hist- more historical mining there better understanding for us <clears throat> really close to mineral park which is the copper molly mine we're doing uh, our focus is more precious metals gold and silver um there's a geological model here someone named dick silito has sort of formulated there's a metal zonation view that with the discrete copper molly that there are these high-grade veins that come through the project as you sort of radiate out past through Mineral Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the model we're testing, high grades. Um, Golconda has sort of been stuck in a time capsule for the last sort of two decades. <clears throat> the claim ownership and the nature of it has kind of meant it's been difficult to take a 30,000-foot view. What we've managed to do in the last sort of 15 months is bolt claims together, patented, unpatented, made some of our own, uh, you know, pegged some of our own and then had a 30,000 foot view of the world and started to put through the geological model, something you couldn't do when you only have six or eight or 10 claims. And so that's probably some of the things that we've brought to bear here. Yeah. So gold and silver is, is our predominant focus here for sure. Uh, listeners of this podcast are very familiar with the Moss mine that's being operated by Northern Vertex now. And then with the close proximity of Golconda to the Moss mine, uh, are you, you know, from what they're seeing from exploration and production, are you seeing similar, uh, geology, you know, geological settings here? Uh, I'm not a geologist by background. I'm sort of corporate finance, but I probably know enough to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> I've had a look at the at the Moss Mine. I think those guys are doing a really good job. I think where we probably share some thoughts, you know, in their recent announcement where they used, I think, um, the Worldview 3 satellite imagery and then, you know, using some of that to sort of map some alterations. And they, I think they tripled their claim package there over the last sort of six months. So little things like that that we utilized as well. And one of the first things we did is use the satellite imagery, look for the alterations, and then pegged our claims as well. So what we've noticed is where we are in the Sabat Mountains, Golconda proper, I call it. Um, and then we've managed to peg and add, we tripled our claims down through into the pediment and as you head sort of south and southwest down towards the highway. And so um, I think the model we're testing is different. But I think you know, back to basics, exploration is part of the world's probably necessity. And, you know, that's what we're all sort of getting on and doing at the moment. So uh, <clears throat> I think our grades of what we're targeting are a bit higher. But um, to be honest, we have to get a rig out there and start drilling at some stage, hoping you know, around Christmas time is the plan. So what are, we, what are you doing here up until Christmas time? More uh, target setting and just kind of boots on the ground early exploration work? Yeah. So, I mean, Tripling a claims package has probably changed our priorities. So yeah. um, back to basics at Golconda proper, we've walked sort of ground, the geophysics, so ground magnetics. Um, we have to do a lot more of the mapping 
understanding the structures in the veins. And then with the new package, we picked up you know, a drone um, magnetic and just help us underneath the pediment there. And then just the old school basics before the sort of roller rigs out in anger. Um, there's the major structural controls in the Sabat and through Golconda that you can map from Mineral Park and sort of down through our project. Um, and so that's kind of understanding the complexity. Complexity is great. That's where you usually find ore bodies, but uh, it just means a lot more work to do, probably desktop and then surface work before we get the rigs out for sure. We'll be drilling in Nevada before Golconda uh, okay. at this stage. Oh, very good. So let's uh, let's cross the state border and go northwest along the Walker trend. Uh, you've got a mm-hmm. number of projects there uh, within that trend. Top Gun, mm-hmm. Broken Hills, Spitfire, and uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounce this, but uh, uh, Saison? Caisson. Uh, Caisson. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so give us a rundown of here. What, what If you're drilling here, what's the priority in Nevada? Um, well, the full projects are sort of all at various stages of being worked up. Um, you know, we probably knew a little bit more about Top Gun and Broken Hills historically until a recent acquisition of a Kinross database at Spitfire. And so um, I think besides our projects and the people at Gold 50, what we bring is, you know, some process. And so it's kind of a, a, a back, to, back to basics sort of first principles. Um, the, the database we picked up from Kinross had already had significant soils, stream sets, um, you know, the, the magnetic, ground magnetics. They drilled four holes. They were testing what, from what we understand is probably a porphyry target. Um, but it's, uh, I'm not sure they kind of just got about 50 feet off the closest road and drilled. Uh, we, we, they, they didn't seem to test in the main targets we're looking for. So uh, the acquisition of Kinross database at Spitfire has, has made Spitfire number one priority. Uh, it's an intrusion-related model we're testing there. A lot of um, – there's a interpreted sill that goes through basically the side of the hill there. Um, we've tracked it for about a kilometre around the base of it. <clears throat> there's a high-grade gold veining that is that occurs at the base there where the sill is um, in situ rock chip sampling and, and that has sort of generated multiple 30 40 50 gram hits uh, so there's no float there's, it hasn't sort of come in from somewhere else it's all in situ and so our interpretation is that sort of you know quartz veining sill goes right through the middle of the hill so that's kind of one of the high priority targets um, you know, the walker lane trend you know from my you know, from from my um, you know, history and understanding, has kind of been left probably as a as a second cousin to probably the Carlin, and even the Getchell and Battle Mountain and so on. And so, well, I think everyone's concentrated on lower grade, bigger systems up in the Carlin. We're sort of pivoting and trying to do more of a discrete, higher grade opportunity. So Spitfire is number one, and the other one that's coming up really interesting is Top Gun as well. So. Again, back to basics, soils, stream sets, all mm-hmm. the surface work we can do, um, the ground magnetics. So right now we've got two separate, um, we're operating in Top Gun and Broken Hills mapping there, uh, mapping Spitfire as well, just to confirm uh, how we want to generate our targets at Spitfire. Uh, and then uh, you know, the, the magnetics and on from there. So I expect probably drilling hopefully Top Gun towards middle late October. And then, you know, Spitfire, hopefully not longer after that. So um, Broken Hills and Caisson are just going through the gears now of, of our process. Uh, Mark, just because this is more of a, a corporate introduction, uh, give us the structure of the company. How many shares outstanding are there in the company? What's the bank account look like and how far does that take you? 
Yeah, sure. So uh, roughly 95 million shares on issue um, and half of that is escrowed. <clears throat> They're mostly founders and early investors. Uh, so we raised uh, $10 million Australian, 40 million shares at 25 cents. We're currently trading sort of 25, 26 cents at the moment. Um, and uh, the $10 million. So we've got a two-year budget and plan here. And then we've sort of, I'll just put the, our second year budget out on the term deposit and parked it away. And then we're, we're sort of funded now for a very significant program at both Golconda and then the Nevada projects, depending on success with the drill bit. And, and then that's how we get the projects to compete for the capital is, uh, is basically half of it so far is allocated for Golconda, just because of the size and nature of the projects and, and the opportunity. About a quarter of the total budget's at Spitfire. And then case on Broken Hills, Top Gun sort of fight it out for the rest. Then as we go through the gears of exploration and then we sort of, as the targets are rated, the money's allocated that way. So we're good for the next two years at this rate. Uh, exchange rate wise, I mean, obviously things are more expensive for you using Australian dollars to fund an American exploration. Well, actually multiple ex American exploration programs. Um, you know, can you talk about really, do you... It, in order to raise that money, did you have to go out and actually add a premium to that capital raise, knowing that it's just going to be more expensive for you? Yeah, look, um, I think it comes back to the knowledge base of our investors. So um, about 70% of our investor base is offshore, which mm -hmm. is a mixture of sort of Southeast Asia investors and some guys in North America as well. So there's a there's an understanding that there's just a, the, the premium for operating, just the cost base. I think, um, <clears throat> you know, being ex finance guy myself i mean we probably have our own discrete views on what the, the us dollar is going to do but for me personally um i'm very bullish on gold um i'd say at the margin i think the us dollar is probably lower and not higher over the next sort of one two to five years uh and then so i'd like to have a us dollar cost base and i think we'll see the rewards for that through through the cycle so it's um yeah the the, the investors understand that that's just the way it is at operating here um, but I mean, number one and number two jurisdictions in the world. And it's just sometimes you've just got to pay a small tax to go and do things like that. <laughs> How about a U.S. listing, an OTC, uh, even doing something out of the, the venture exchange in Canada? Does that have been any uh, dialogue about potentially doing that? There has. And I think um, what we've learned through Bernard Nainier's experience is that at some stage, I think the North American markets are, are the right capital source for, for the projects. Gold's a little bit different in gold's universally understood. And mm -hmm. so uh, I think with lithium and boron, it's probably a, a separate market and funding source because the knowledge base is probably lower and it's a, it's a newer sector. Um, yes, it has been discussed. Funny you should mention that. For, for myself, I'm kind of like to have lots of options and, and plans in place. And so everything about Gold 50 is structured for all those options, whether it's how we've set up the underlying companies, uh, the tax advice, uh, how do we operate here. Me personally, you know, I've sort of got a one, two, three, five year plan on how we have a commercial exploration success, turned it into a mine and how do we fund that? The North American market is the ultimate probable choice for that. Um, and then I think it comes down to size and scale. I mean, to be honest, a $25 million market cap company like Gold50 with nine, $10 million in the bank, that's a micro cap for most people in North America. And so for us, success with the drill bit, 
return to success with the share price and, and capital appreciation. And then I think it'll subject to the North American marketplace. So, you know, this really successful North American precious metals investors would love to get them on the board, uh, you know, on the, on the register and invite them in. I think that'll be down to exactly how we interrogate our, our opportunities here and have some success. Uh, Mark, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for that introduction. A lot happening. Uh, you know, the sky is blue uh, for Gold 50. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you maybe down the road once we see more results uh, from the exploration work in both Arizona and Nevada. Excellent. Thanks for your time. Much appreciated. Yeah, that's Mark Wallace from Gold 50 uh, trading on the ASX with the symbol G50. That's a wrap for us today here on the podcast we'll be back tomorrow morning with our long-form discussion with justin hewn the uranium insider to talk all things about these crazy uranium moves here in the market so stay tuned we'll talk to you tomorrow morning have a good night be well the information presented should not be considered investment advice Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak to a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.